Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Mark chapter 11. Jesus responded to them. Have faith in God. I assure you that whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and doesn't waver, but believes that whatever is said will really happen. It will happen. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you will receive it and it will be so for you. Verse 25, and whenever you stand up to pray, if you have something against anyone, forgive. So your father in heaven may forgive you of your wrongdoings. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the Lord's Prayer. And one of those key verses in the Lord's Prayer, when he says this is the way you ought to pray, there is a verse there that says, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us as we forgive others. I find it interesting that God teaching his disciples how to pray out of all the things that he could have injected into this model of prayer. He says, make sure that in the same way you have received forgiveness from the father, you can extend grace and forgiveness to others. I got one more scripture. It's about 20 verses. So if you didn't read your Bible this week, I got you covered. Matthew chapter 18 it says then peter came to him and asked lord how often should i forgive someone who sins against me seven times no not seven times jesus replied but 70 times seven therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him in the process one of the debtors who was brought in who owed him millions of dollars he couldn't pay so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Next verse. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who had owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment and his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time be patient with me and I will pay it he pleaded but his creditor who wouldn't wait he had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt would be paid in full when some of the other servants saw this They were very upset and they went to the king and told them everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man who had been forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on fellow servants just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. I want us to bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that we understand the scriptures when they say to forgive others. 
because it is truly a byproduct of your forgiveness for us. But I truly believe, Lord, if we don't forgive others, it will be like torture in our hearts. We will torment and torture ourselves if we don't forgive others, oh God. So I just pray, God, that you move in this place today. And this word may be much greater than information being disseminated, but it will be transformation being poured out into your people. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I get to pastor one of the most amazing churches in the world. And I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people shout amen and amen. Um, I want to ask, ask this. Like, has anyone ever felt good when they lost a couple of pounds? Oh, don't be ashamed. Tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. Am I the only one that feels good when you lose some weight? I know it's not summer season, but it feels good when you lose a couple of pounds. You start wearing, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? You start thinking you look good. I'm just saying. Now, um, you know, the Lord has called me to a, a time of prayer and fasting. And consequently, um, I've lost a couple of pounds. All right. You could clap right there. I'm just saying. I've lost a couple of pounds. And, um, you know. I don't know about you, but I have realized that my wife doesn't appreciate me losing weight. I'm sorry, baby. She doesn't appreciate that because I have realized throughout five years of marriage that my wife is an official certified chubby chaser. She loves the rolls. She just loves them. And my wife loves Pastor Rowe. Looking like Fat Joe. She just loves it. She's like, baby, you look so fine. Them cheeks. So, like, and she's been looking at me like this. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like. Look, I could see your ribs. I don't like that. Uh, you, need to, you know what I'm going to do after your fast? I'm going to take you to lunchbox for two weeks straight. And I'm going to feed you and feed you and feed you and feed you. I'm not. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. All right. I promise you, you want to see my wife's happiest moment in life? This is my wife's happiest moment in life right there. I was 330 pounds, and that was the last time I saw my wife smile like that. I've never seen my wife smile like that ever again. And I just want to put that smile back right on your face, baby. I'll eat the cheeseburgers. It's okay. One of the things I told my wife, I was like, baby, this is the new me. Like, this is the new me. Like, you better fall in love with this flaco. I'm just saying, like, you better fall in love because I'm never going to look like that a day in my life. Like, and I would think that my, my wife loves new, but she didn't love the new me. All right. Well, she does love the new me. She just might not like the new me. Um, and when it comes to new, how many of you guys know that everyone truly loves new? Like we love new. We love new cars. We love new houses. How many of you guys like you love when you, like when you first move into an apartment, you're just like, oh my God, this thing is like a mansion. Five weeks later, you'd be like, I can't wait to get rid of this place. I just want to leave. Let's go to Miami, Florida, right? I, I mean, 
people are, society is so captivated and in love with new that they tested this theory. And what they did was they said, hey, guess what we're going to do? We're going to take uh, people's phones, clean them up, shine them up real nice, and tell them it's the iPhone 7. Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel does this. He, he takes your phone. He says, hey, this phone will be now downloaded into the iPhone 7 and you'll have a complete replica of your old phone into a new system. And you know what happened? People received their same phone. They were told it was a new phone. And they were like, oh my God, this is so much faster. The picture is clearer. Oh my, look, look, it goes, look, there's no more spinning. Whoa. And they were like, you can get that for $600. They were like, man, that's a good price. I will give you. He's like, but right now we're selling it for 50. And people sold, bought the phone that they came with for 50 extra dollars. You know why? Because they love new. We love, we love new. Like, I, like, I, is it me? Like I go to Dunkin Donuts and they got like new stuff. And they put stuff together like donuts and Reese's Pieces. Hallelujah, holla back, right? You're like, I don't even, like, I just, can I get that? I know it's $4 for a donut. My God, $4 for a donut, but I just want to taste it. Um, Right? Like you, like waffles, sandwich. We love new. We love new. My thought this week was, you know, I think sometimes because of our society being so enamored with new, I think sometimes we could want so much newness in our life. We can want so much freshness in our life. We could want the latest of what God has for us that we miss out on the thing that God has told us before. Does that make sense? Like as many times that we like, I want a fresh word from God. I want new revelation from God. And God is saying, I'm still waiting for you to carry out the instructions that I've given you months ago. God, I just want new, Lord. What's the new word for me? What's, no, no, no. The, the word is the same that I gave you a year ago. I'm just waiting for you to carry it out. Three years later, God, I want, I want the new, I want, I want a fresh word from you. No, no, no. The word that I gave you three years ago that I said that you were going to be called a pastor, that you were going to be called a prophet, that you were going to be called a worship leader. You don't need a new word. You just need to walk in the word that I've already given you. And I think sometimes we kind of look at the foundational things that God has, has spoken over our lives. There's no doubt God has given us a new life. He's given us a new perspective. He's given us a new way of thinking. But God has also given us a word that many times we can overlook and see, see it as head knowledge and say, okay, I got, I understand this. I comprehend this. But you haven't walked in it. And God is just waiting for you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you. You know, when it comes to prayer and forgiveness, I think many times... We kind of begin to understand them. Okay, I know I gotta, I know I gotta forgive. I know I gotta pray. I know I gotta do these things. But let's move on to the fresh word from God. I know I gotta, I know I gotta pray, Pastor Roy. I, I know. I mean, I know I gotta forgive, forgive, 
And we kind of say those, like, forgive me as I forgive others. Thank God that God doesn't forgive us as we forgive others. Amen. Right? Like, thank God. Right? Like, I get upset when someone cuts me off in traffic. I need to get saved again after that. I'm like, Jesus. Right? You say, forgive me as I forgive others. Um, But I thank God that he forgives us no matter what. And the reason that we can forgive others is because he's already forgiven us. Now, when we hear messages like that, we receive one part. But sometimes we kind of, it's human nature to fail in doing the other part. And when it comes to prayer, prayer is two part. It is receiving and extending. It is, it is not simply receiving something, but when God gives you something in, in the moments of prayer, there's an expectation of what he has given you. Now, again, when you hear a message on prayer, you kind of bow your heads and be like, all right, I'm ready to take it. Go ahead, Pastor Rowe. I'm ready to feel bad about myself. And this is not a message of condemnation, but this is a message of freedom and liberation. Man, I think your, your mind, your soul, and your being will be liberated when you know everything that you can obtain when you begin to pray. I find it interesting that in Luke, we see Jesus incorporate this, this, this line right here. Forgive our sins just as we forgive everyone who has done us wrong. In Mark chapter 11, he says, Jesus responded to them, have faith in God. I assure you that whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it doesn't waver, but believe that is what is said, that that what is said will really happen. It will happen. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you pray and ask for, believe that you will receive it and it will be so for you. When I look at that scripture, I get excited. When I look at the following scripture, I don't get excited. I look at the scripture, I'm like, man, I swear, I'm a, you, I, go bring me a mountain. Bring me any mountain. I'm ready to count, conquer mountains. I'm ready to tell a mountain to throw himself and drown himself in the sea. I'm ready to overcome the mulberry tree. I'm ready to pick the mulberry tree from the roots and just chuck it somewhere. And then it says, and whenever you stand up and pray, if you have something against anyone, forgive so that your Father in heaven may forgive your wrongdoings. How many of you know that sometimes it feels easier to move a mountain than it is to forgive others? How many of you know that sometimes it just, it feels like no, just, I'd rather count, I'd rather climb Mount Everest than I'd rather climb any mountain instead of facing someone I have to forgive. I, whatever, it's easier to, whoo, that mountain shall move. Forgive your neighbor too. Wait, what? Come again? He don't even speak English anymore. ¿Qué tú dijiste? What you say? I'm going to go move mountains. I can't forgive right now. Let's be honest. It's challenging to forgive because, man, forgiving is hard. You mean, you mean to tell me that, like, no, like, give me the mountains. Like, I'll just, I'll just be a mountain climber. I just, I'll just start rebuking demons. Like, just give me that. 
Lord, like, I got to go and look at somebody's face. I'd rather go climb mountains. I don't want to forgive people. Like, forgiving is way too, is way too difficult. You mean to tell me that I got to forgive someone that did me wrong, someone that slandered me, someone that spoke about me negatively? You mean to tell me that I got to forgive my baby mama? You mean to tell me I got to forgive my baby daddy? You mean to tell me I got to forgive the person that stole something from me that I can never recover? Just give me the mountains, Lord. I'd rather, I'd rather deal with you in the mountains. I'd rather spend the rest of my life trying to move a mountain than trying to forgive the person that hurt me. And many times that it's easier to deal with the mountain than it is to deal with people. We find out, because what's human nature? Human nature is to go into defense mode and just cut out of the body whatever is hurting them. I just, I got, I got, to, I'm, I love Jesus, but I got the gift of goodbye. I, have you ever gone through a deleting campaign? <laughs> What's that? How many of you guys have had a deleting campaign? Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil, right? Like, I, you ever gone through a deleting ca- campaign? Like, you delete, delete, I'm deleting you off of Facebook. Like, they don't even know, but it makes you feel good. And you, like, talk it out as you're doing. That's right. Delete. I'm going to delete you out of my phone. Then they text you, who is this? Uh-huh. Delete them off Facebook. Delete them off Instagram. Delete them off Twitter. Now you got to delete them off LinkedIn. Because somehow they find themselves in LinkedIn. <laughs> For entrepreneurs. <laughs> Delete them off LinkedIn. Delete every single picture of them. That's right, I'm deleting that one. I'm deleting that one. Wait, this one I look good in. Hold on a second. I gotta, I'll crop this one and crop them out. Deleting. You ever gone through a deleting campaign? Like you just start, like, I just I cut people off. Why? Because they hurt me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to let myself be hurt. And, and many times we think that, that forgiveness is like, no, because I can't forgive because that, that, that's the attribute of the weak. But I want to let you know that forgiveness is not an attribute of the weak. Forgiveness is, the, is an attribute of the strong. See, forgiveness is not going to make you weak. Forgiveness is going to set you free. <laughs> Woo! See, because forgiveness, my church, is power that you receive in your intimate moments in prayer that allows you to overcome every single hurt that you ever experienced, every wrongdoing that someone's ever done in your life, every single person that's ever talked about you, every single person that has abused you in any way. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. I, I, can't, I can't forgive because, you know, then they're going to think I'm weak. No, no, no. Listen, listen. You, you become weak when you choose not to forgive because forgiveness is only the beginning stages. If you let forgiveness to be, begin to settle in, Forgiveness then becomes resentment, it becomes bitterness, and then what just took a moment for you to release and let someone go becomes something that you have to uh, use all types of strength and power and and emotional fortitude to release from your being, and the thing that could have been a second becomes a lifetime of torment in your soul. Sure, I... 
I saw this imagery when I was, I was YouTube, anybody ever, any, anyone have a, a Nutribullet? Hundred dollars, I'm just saying, best hundred dollars I've ever spent. Had a Nutribullet. And I, I don't know about you, but I like making peanut butter shakes. Peanut butter shakes are life. Quaker, honey, stevia, bananas, almond milk. You'll thank me later. God bless you. And I like making these peanut butter shakes. And I make, and I was making like a peanut butter shake every single day, you know. And what I do is, when I'm done, I clean it up and all that good stuff, right? And when I started, now I've owned a Nutribullet for three years. For three years, I've owned owned a, a Nutribullet. And what I started realizing that there was stuff appearing inside the Nutribullet, and the Nutribullet was making noise. It was like, and I was like, "Come out, devil, right now!" Right? It was just. You sound like a demon right there. In the name of Jesus. And and the neutral like it's, it's like, This one must be legion. And I was like, yo, this thing and then and then the neutral bullet started leaking. And I was like, oh, I cannot live without my peanut butter shake, so I need to do something right now. So I either fix this or I buy a new one. And my stepson's in college right now, so we got a tuition. So I was like, I'm going to fix this. YouTube.com. And I looked up how to... <laughs> I looked up how to take apart a Nutribullet. And what I did was, is that I started following the directions and I completely took the Nutribullet apart. I should have taken pictures. What I found inside the Nutribullet was like fermented, moldy-looking peanut butter and fruits and vegetables that were rotting. You can't see it when you're using it. It looks like you, like you throw up in your mouth. That's how nasty it is. Like, oh my God, I showed it to my wife. This is what our smoothies taste like. Right? Because even though we were cleaning it out on the surface and it looked nice, inside, in the areas that we don't see, what was once a little bit of peanut butter became some nasty, fermented, ugly, moldy, looking, rotten, gross, uh, scum. What, what, what now was a, what would have been a wipe at the, what it would have been a wipe at the moment became a thorough, bring out the Brillo, bring out the soap, bring out the borax, bring out everything. Mr. Clean and Espanol. Bring it out. You needed to clean it thoroughly. I find it interesting that it's also like that when it comes to forgiveness. That what could immediately, what, what could be an offense in a moment and what could be someone offending you or someone hurting you in a moment 
And it takes you minutes and moments to maybe release and forgive that person. That's why the Bible says that you ought to be ready to forgive a person even before they offend you. When I'm in a proper position of forgiveness, those that harm me, those that talk about me, those that have offended me, my father who abandoned us, my mother, I forgive you. I'm ready to forgive even before you offend me because I don't want what looked like peanut butter at one time in my life turned into scum that I can't get rid of. And let me tell you, I cleaned as good as possible and there was still stuff there. That's how our insides look like sometimes. On the outside, man, we, whoo, we look good. Some of us more than others. But on the inside, who who sees that? Who is checking that? And I'm not talking about your organs. I'm talking about your soul. And what forgiveness, unforgiveness does is it turns into bitterness and resentment. And now, just give me the mountain because I can't forgive what was done to me. I can't forgive what they did to me. I can't, Pastor Roe, it might be easy for you, but it's not easy for me. I can't forgive how they let me down. I can't forgive what my husband did to me. I can't forgive what my wife did to me. I can't forgive what my boyfriend and girlfriend did to me. I can't forgive the way my sister, I just can't. See, in the scripture, we see that Jesus says, forgive as you've been forgiven. Or many times we look at the text in this scripture and we say, okay, if I don't forgive, then God's not going to forgive me. And please understand that is not what the text says. Is lit, the text is literally saying, forgive so that God will forgive you. So many times we misinterpret this text and we miss out on what Jesus is really trying to say. I want to let you know, church, that there is a human need for two things. For us to be forgiven and for us to share in the experience of forgiving others. See, because if you don't, forget, if you don't receive God's forgiveness over your life then shame and guilt will destroy and condemn you. But if you don't experience the power of forgiving others, then your freedom and your future is at stake. Pastor Roy, I can't forgive them. No, here's the deal. Forgiving doesn't excuse the behavior, church. It doesn't excuse the behavior of what was done to you. But forgiveness does stop the behavior from stealing your future. Forgiveness doesn't make you weak. It makes you free. He says this, look. The verse in Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. It says, Peter came to him asking him, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? He's like, seven times? Let me tell you, he was saying seven times, he was being generous. Because the ideal number would have been three. If you would have done three 
If you would have forgave somebody three times in a day, you were like epic. All right, you were like an epic Pharisee. But he says, should I forgive him? I'm multiply this. Two, add one, seven, number of completion. Should I forgive seven times? He says, seven times? Seventy times. Seven. So that's 490 times. Is Jesus saying that you ought to forgive people 490 times? No. But he's trying to make a point, isn't he? He says, don't worry about the numbers. You forgive as many times as you need to forgive because forgiveness is more about you being free than holding someone else. And he gives an, a story, and, and the story, he, he says that there was this, there was this king who, who wanted to take accounts of the people that owed him money. And one of them, one of the guys that came, watch this, watch the narrative of the story. Because the narrative of the story of how he's trying to break down forgiveness is very important. Because what he says at the end is directly connected with what, was, what, what the story was about. So he says, it was a guy that came to me. And he owed me a million dollars. How many of you guys would like to possess a million dollars right now? I just wanted to hear everybody say amen at the same time. I'm just saying. A million dollars. And the king, the king is like, you don't, have, you don't have to pay. You don't have the money to pay. I'm going to, I want to sell you. I'm going to sell your family until you can pay that debt. Until you can give me that money, you're going to have to work for it for the rest of your life. There was absolutely no way this person could have been cleared from that debt. He didn't possess the money. He didn't have it. He would have worked his whole entire life and died and never been. And his family and his children would have been indebted. I want to let you know something. When it comes to forgiveness, if you don't release forgiveness towards others, I, I assure you it will carry down to your children. He says, you, you can't pay the debt. I, I, he says, I can't, I can't pay the debt. Forgive me, like, f- find mercy in me. Good king, find mercy. And the Bible says that the king showed pity and forgave the complete debt. Watch this. This man now, watch this. The man walks out of the king's presence, unchanged, unrepented, and doesn't walk out as a recipient of the mercy that was extended to him. So what happens? He walks out still with the mentality that he has to pay the debt. Don't you owe me money? You owe me $1,000. Give me that $1,000. He's unchanged. He's unrepented. Come here, come here. Give me that. Give me that money. You owe me money. Give me that money right now. Or you can't pay it. Bring him to jail. Unchanged, unrepented. See, many times we don't fully receive all that God has for us because we don't extend it to others. And forgiveness. When Jesus says, "Hey, listen," there's a for- forgiveness begins with me. Did it begin with the servant or did it begin with the king? It began with the king. He says, if you don't forgive others, then how could my father in heaven forgive you? Now, I don't want you to understand that as, all right, I need to forgive others. Because then if God won't forgive me, that's not true. I can't force you to forgive people. I can't pay you a million dollars to forgive someone. Hey, I want you to forgive your stepfather who abused you. Here's a million dollars. 
You can't force forgiveness. You can't force forgiveness. I can't. I can't. All right, let me get the million dollars. I forgive you, brother. You can't force forgiving. forgiveness. There's no money. There's no amount in the world that can give you enough so that you can forgive someone else. No. Forgiveness is a byproduct of what's something that's happening in your heart. We look in the scriptures, and many times, I want to explain this thoroughly real quick. Many times, we look at the scripture and we say, okay, I got to forgive people because then God won't forgive me. No, he's saying, the way the kingdom works is that I forgive you so that you can share in the liberty of forgiving others. And when you share in the liberty of forgiving others, you receive a forgiveness. You experience the fullness of the, exp- of, of the forgiveness I've already given you, but you get to experience in another way. Okay, God, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. I'm ready to forgive. And when I forgive my father for abusing me, I return back to the king. I just, oh my God, this joy that I feel because what God gave me, I gave to someone else. And now I can receive more of what God has given me. See, forgiveness is not so much, it's not only to receive it, but it's to extend it. See, Pastor Roe, I can't, but then receive more of God's forgiveness over your life so that you can release it and impart it into those that have spoken about you, those that have done you wrong, and those that have abandoned you, those that have hurt you. It's a cycle. Because when someone hurts you, you know what they say, hurt people hurt people. So you were hurt. You don't know how to deal with that hurt. And, you're, and you become the very thing that you detested. And you're unforgiving. And now that unforgiving. But if, but if I receive God's break, grace and I receive God's forgiveness, I can forgive others. And, and then I find myself again in a new level of God's forgiveness. Because when you forgive others, you get another revelation of the forgiveness that you've received from God. Start looking at your sin differently. Wow, God, you forgave that? <laughs> wow, you forgave me of my sins. Like, you forgave me when I, when I did the thing that I said I would never do. God, you, you forgave me when, when I felt like I was unforgivable. God, you, you forgave See, it's a cycle. God forgives you so that you can receive forgiveness and that you can extend it to others. Someone shout forgive. Forgiveness begins with God. Let's look at those two scriptures and we're wrapping it up. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember... The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others.
the natural progression of a believer is to extend to others what God has extended to you. This is what it is. You know what should be extending from Christ uncensored? Grace. Let them come and talk. Let them say things. Let them gossip. You know what we do? Are we going to gossip back? We're going to extend forgiveness. We're going to extend grace. Man, I've heard things said about me that I'm like, my gosh. That's a little bit more forgiveness that I got in my belt here. That's a little bit more mercy that I could extend to others. That's a little bit. Like, I'm okay with people talking about you when it's true. But, man, I heard things that are like, they're lies. Like, I'm like, this is not true. It's just not true. I know what you're doing, God. You want me to see another level of your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercy. Here you go. Grace, forgiveness, and mercy. I wonder what it would look like if the next, the next time someone cut you off and cursed you out, you weren't the center of your, uh, of your attention, you weren't the focal point of your life, and you said, grace, mercy, forgiveness. What? You didn't, you didn't like my picture on Instagram? Grace. Mercy. Forgiveness. Oh, oh you, <laughs> you said uh, you lied about me. You lied to me. And I'm looking. <laughs> Grace. Mercy. Forgiveness. I tell you, the higher God takes you, and the more you grow. The more you're going to have to learn how to extend grace, mercy, and forgiveness. I look at Joel Osteen and they talk about him. Man, did they trash that guy. They talk about him. But he's become a professional. Grace, mercy, forgiveness. We're done. I want to give you four things and we're done here. Four things that will help you with forgiveness. Number one, recognize no one is perfect. Write this down if you're taking notes. Recognize no one is perfect. Sometimes we dehumanize people or we idolize people or we make people and give people more credit than what they deserve. Recognize that people are not perfect. When you can recognize people are not perfect and people have flaws and people do wrong, you're able to extend forgiveness a lot easier. Number two, relinquish your right to get even. Guess what? It's not your job. It's not your job to make sure you make sure that person pays their debt. Number three, respond to evil with good. This is the one that you just hop and skip. You, you ever had someone take your parking spot? Respond to the evil that was done to you with good. Number four, and this is the most important one. Refocus. 
on God's plan for your life. Rick Warren gives this in his book. He gives these four steps. And this last one, refocus on God's plan for your life. You stop focusing on the hurt and the person who hurt you. And instead, refocus on God's purpose for your life, which is greater than any problem or pain you might be currently facing. As long as you continue to focus on the person who has hurt you, that person controls you. In fact, you take a step further. If you don't release your offender, you will begin to resemble your offender. I'm going to ask Odin, Pastor Joey, and Danny to come up. See, forgiveness means forgiveness means to untie in the original language and what we do when we don't forgive is that we hold people captive and here you are right here and you're fine and I mean how many of you guys have been fine until you started meeting people I was fine as a baby and then I started talking and then I met people and I was like, I'm not fine. Because as long as you're going to deal with people in this world, you're going to have to either live in unforgiveness or choose this day that you will forgive. And what you do is you begin to you begin to hold people captive. I'm not letting that one go. I'm, 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 I'm not going to let that one go. I refuse. Come, O.D. Date. See, my father, he, he physically, physically abused me, and I, I'm not going to let him, let him go. Like, you, you crazy? I'm not a weakling. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Like, you're going to, you think you're going to go? You, you th- I'm not going to let you go. I'm, I'm not going to let that one go. You hurt me. You offended me. You, come Lee, come. Come here. Come gonna let you go you spoke about me how 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 are you gonna speak about me and and you hold people captive in your life come john come come real quick real quick he's like i shouldn't have came and take a picture then you and you and you say (laughs) I'm not going to let them go. I got them trapped. But what you don't realize, the one that you have bound is yourself. And the one that is captive is yourself. And you're holding them and you're... See, forgiveness in the original language means to, to untie. 
don't know about you, but have you ever put in your headphones in your pocket and when they came out, they were tangled up? How many of you guys know it was effortless to get it tangled up? All you did was put it in your pocket. But you're there for five hours. What the? Trying to untangle what two took set two. It took two seconds to get tangled up. You're like, what in the world? They're inside your keychain, and you're like, what? I just put it in my pocket, and it comes out with five or six knots. That's how. That's how forgiveness is. Sometimes people do do things to you in a moment that takes a lifetime to undo. What if today we say, God, I'm going to begin to un- untie the, ni- the knots that have held me bound? What if you allowed the Holy Spirit to begin? It's okay. It's okay. I know they hurt you, but you can forgive. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I'm going to let you go, daddy. I'm going to let you go. My girlfriend, my baby mom, I'm going to let you go. You can go. <laughs> you can go. You can go. I'm going to let you go. Hey, you can go. I'm going to let you go. Resentment, bitterness, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> You're free to go, but when you realize that it is you who's been liberated, it's been you who's been freed, it's been you that has been set free to walk in the fullness that God has for you. If you believe that, give God some praise all over this house. Come on, Jack. I'm free. I'm going to ask everybody to get up on your feet at this moment. Come on, church. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.